St. John Paul, when he was Pope, in his private chapel, had a kneeler where he would pray before the Blessed Sacrament. Well, his attendants would put about 30 to 40 petitions from around the world in the top of his kneeler each day. And he would pray specifically by name for these people. People would be asking prayers for conversion of family members, healings, a successful pregnancy, you name it. Well, St. John Paul told one of his biographers, there was a time when I thought that one had to limit the prayer petition. That time is past. The further I advance along the road mapped out for me by divine providence, the more I feel the need to have recourse to this kind of prayer. Well, we have an example of prayer of petition in the gospel today as Jairus, moved for love of his daughter, comes to Jesus, falls at the feet of the Lord, and begs Jesus to heal his daughter. He intercedes on behalf of his daughter. All of us should have a prayer list. Who are you interceding for? We should take time to lift up people to the Lord in intercession. Now, you might be thinking, well, I relate more to the woman with hemorrhages in the gospel. I'm wounded myself. I'm also in need of healing. Well, sometimes we might even find ourselves thinking, if only I was in that crowd 2,000 years ago, and if like that woman, I could touch the hem of Jesus' garment. But we have to remember, Jesus is alive and risen and present to us here and now, especially in the Holy Eucharist. Father Cantilla Mesa is the preacher for the papal household. And he shared the story that one time when he was at Mass, he heard the gospel proclaimed, there is something greater than Jonah here. There is something greater than Solomon here. And he said the word here pierced his heart. He said, I sense that the word here really meant right here in this exact place at this very moment. There is something greater than Jonah here, right here and now. Well, Father Cantilamesa says, we should make a connection between the word of God proclaimed at Mass and the one who we encounter in the Eucharist, Jesus Christ. So, for example, in one of his books, he says, okay, if at Mass we hear the story of Moses and the burning bush, our hearts should be awakened that we are the ones actually standing in the presence of the true burning bush. God is present to us here in the Eucharist. Or if we were to hear the gospel of Zacchaeus and Jesus saying, today I must stay at your house, we should be awakened to the truth that Jesus is literally coming to our house here in the Eucharist. So when we hear this gospel of the woman who touches the hem of Jesus' garment, we should be awakened to the reality that we touch more than the hem of Jesus' garment here. We actually receive the living Christ into our lives in the Holy Eucharist. Now, just three points about this woman with hemorrhages. First, her desperation. Sometimes God allows us to hit bottom to exhaust all of our resources so that we come to the truth that only God can heal us. In our pride, we think, we don't need any help. I can do it myself. And so we expend ourselves and our resources, and nothing seems to happen. It's in that moment that we are meant to turn to the Lord. 
the first step of being healed is to acknowledge, I need a healer. I can't save myself. Second, the woman approaches Jesus with faith and belief, even in the face of what seemed impossible. In fact, both of these miracles seemingly happen in the face of the impossible. This woman has suffered for 12 years. She exhausted all of her resources. You would think she would give up. Jairus's daughter dies, and the people come and say, it's too late, let the teacher go. It seemed impossible. And yet both of these people had faith. They both believed. They persevered. Some years ago, I read the autobiography of Mother Angelica, and I remember her saying, God calls dodos. Yes, God calls dodos. And what she means by this is those who have faith that the impossible can happen. I love the story in her book. When she was starting EWT and Television Network, she had just this tremendous faith. She knew that they needed a satellite dish to begin broadcasting. There was just one problem. They didn't have the money. But Mother Angelica didn't let that deter her. God will provide for us. So they ordered the satellite. It arrives on their grounds by tractor trailer. And the truck driver said, now, in order to unload the satellite, I'm going to need a down payment of $600,000. Well, Mother Angelica told the sister, stall him. I'm going to go to the chapel and pray. As she's praying, his sister comes in and says, mother, there's a phone call for you. It's a guy on the line in the Bahamas on his yacht. Mother, I'm reading one of your tracks, and is there something I can do to help you? Well, could you wire me $600,000? And he did, and they unloaded the satellite. She had faith. She believed. Persevere. Now, ultimately, our prayer is to live in the divine will. Lord, help me to accept what you want for me. We know God is our loving Father who always wills our good. Finally, in this gospel, we see a marvelous exchange. Jesus is willing to be made unclean to make us clean. It's important to understand Old Testament Levitical laws. So a bleeding woman would be rendered unclean. She wouldn't be allowed to pray in the temple. And anything she touched would be made unclean. A corpse would be considered unclean. If you touched a corpse, you would be made unclean. So when the woman touches Jesus, when Jesus touches the corpse, he is made unclean and a marvelous exchange happens. The woman is made clean. The little girl rises back to life. St. Paul hits on this marvelous exchange in the second reading. Though he was rich, for your sake he became poor so that by his poverty you might become rich. The marvelous exchange Jesus takes our sickness, our sin, our poverty upon himself, and in exchange gives us healing life and the richness of his divine life. Jesus is willing to switch places for us, with us. That's tremendous love. Taking the blame for our sin. We stand condemned because of our sin, and Jesus says, you know what, I'll take their place. I'll take the blame. I'll pay the price. How many people have that depth of love that they are willing to step in the place of a convicted criminal and take the punishment upon themselves? That's love. Seeing the love Jesus has for us 
gives us confidence to place ourselves under his lordship. This past week, we were at the Amazing Parish Conference, and Father Ricardo asked the crowd, do you believe in the lordship of Jesus? Have you surrendered to Jesus? Are you living in the confidence of Christ's lordship? You know, we look at the world and we can see chaos, brokenness, sickness, sin, but Jesus has won the victory. God isn't worried right now, and neither should we be. God isn't up there wringing his hands, anxious, and neither should we be. We should live in the peace of Christ's lordship, of his victory. Have faith, believe. Jesus tells the woman, your faith has saved you. We too pray for the faith that gives us salvation and eternal life.